This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, welcome back to your favourite Hartlepool United podcast, HUFC Chat. A landmark episode as it is, the first one as part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Perhaps you could just give the listeners a quick rundown, Jack. Well, yeah, as I said to you off air, it feels like a fresh start, a new step forward for the podcast, obviously. Um, it, fe- it feels like a great re- reward for the work that we've put in. Um, but let's not let's not dwell on that. Let's, as I say, give you a rundown. So basically, we were approached by Talksport a couple of weeks ago, probably about three or four now, actually. Um, I remember we were both quite in shock when you sent us the uh, screenshot of the chat um, to me personally and said, "Look, who's in the DMs?" I couldn't quite believe it was Talksport. But look, thanks to James um, at Talksport for getting us on board. Obviously, there's a few changes for us. We've we've transferred over to um, a new podcast kind of hosting system. I won't bore the listeners with that one. Um, you know, you will probably hear the odd advert in episodes now, but don't let that put you off because we've said to them we want to keep that at bare minimum um, due to, you know, making sure that the content is is best for you. And we don't want to take away from that listening experience. I just really want to highlight that. So please do not be put off if you hear the odd episode, um, odd advert, sorry, in, in an episode. But yeah, it's really exciting, mate. And, uh, you know, I know we're both looking forward to the future under the TalkSport brand and, and some recognition, which we didn't expect, but something that's um, been a massive piece of news for us recently. Yeah, it is a great opportunity for us both. And this is hopefully the start of a very, very exciting journey. But we have got a jam-packed episode lined up for you. We will be looking back at our most recent outing against Bradford, discussing centre-back Ewan Murray, a brand new feature and much, much more to come later on in the show. But before we do get started, Jack, how are we keeping? Well, I would say to you that I'm keeping very well, especially coming towards the end of uni studies. Obviously, that's a little bit of stress, but the work seems to finally be going down a little bit by bit. But 
I'd be lying if I said I was good. You know, that the situation currently, it's tense, isn't it? And I know how we're about to talk about the Bradford game and how nervous we were when eight minutes were added on at the end of that. But Crawley were obviously playing. We are recording this um, across a couple of days. So Crawley were playing last night. And yeah, it's fair to say the nerves were very prevalent. Um, we were obviously discussing it. Frantic messages in the group nearly had a heart attack when uh, Bailey put two on Crawley in, and then it was obviously ruled out for offside. Thank goodness for that. But yeah, other than that, I'm keeping well, mate. I hope the same can be said for yourself. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm all good. Obviously, like you say, just just feeling sick, really. I'm getting more and more nervous as these match days come and go, you know, and I don't know about you, I just, I hate the unknown. Mm. I do wish I had a magic ball where I could just look, see what the future holds and, you know, but yeah, I am genuinely feeling nervous. But like you've said, this is the Bradford review. I will, uh, I will kick off and honestly... It is the first time this season I've come away from a game having felt happy, positive. Mm. Honestly, I felt so good. I mean, look, like you've alluded to already, seven minutes added on. I mean, I honestly, I was chewing my nails off. I didn't know where to look. I was just hoping and praying and obviously listening out for that full-time whistle. But look, on a serious note, the, the performance itself was just, it was so good. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. Do you know what I mean? It was genuinely so refreshing to see us go somewhere like Bradford, the Valley. You know, there was 18 plus thousand there last Saturday. And, you know, the Valley's not an easy place to go to at the best of times, but to kind of see Poles line up and get into them from minute one, we didn't look out of place. We didn't look phased. We weren't scared of the opposition. And we went toe-to-toe with a promotion side for 98 minutes, 97 minutes of the game. And in one sense, we were very, very unfortunate not to come away with the win. Now, I'm not going to disillusion myself because obviously Bradford were equally as good and every time they come forward, they look dangerous. Could have easily scored after the first minute and a half of the game, which was just the start we all wanted. Not. (laughs) (laughs) But look, I think generally... I was just so, so proud of the lads. You know, I remember talking to you the day before the game and you said, Davo, you said, I'm not being funny. You went 4-0 Bradford. I said, absolutely not. I said, absolutely not. I said, there's not, there's not a cat and else chance we go to the Valley tomorrow and concede four. And um, I am going to say full credit to a few individuals, one being John Askey, because each week that's gone by, we've saw a mass improvement. I think second, secondly rather, huge credit to Mohamed Silla. The comments that I got on my tweet after the game, one in particular saying they thought it was the prime Yaya Toure in the <laughs> field. And I thought it was because I tell you what, he absolutely dominated the midfield. He picked off everything. He picked up every loose ball, every second ball. The guy was just everywhere. Thirdly, I am going to give a big shout out to Connor Jennings. Mm-hmm. What an absolute workhorse. The bloke grafted and grafted. He didn't stop all game. I cannot like say to you or our listeners, I, I 
we cannot underestimate. I know, obviously, from the contribution side of things, he hasn't probably got the goals he wants. But, wow, I mean, what a signing he's been for the football club. And hopefully, in the games that remain, we do start to see more and more contributions from him. And lastly, before I hand over to you, and I think, and I've said it to, to you, lads, and I've said it to my dad as well, I think his performance went hugely under the radar. I am going to give a big shout-out to Jakob because he made some unbelievable saves and at times he was keeping us in the game. And it hasn't been spoke about merely enough. So big shout-out to my man, Jakob. Jack, you're nodding, you're laughing. I will hand over to you now. Yeah, I, I won't lie. Going to Valley Parade with a... You know, you arrive there and you see this stadium and it's just like, wow. And you know what um, the attendance is going to be. I mean, the escort the bus has got in, it might as well have been like a derby in Brazil. I mean, there was police buses, uh, police um, motorbikes. There was, I've seen a couple of horse units and it was mental, the amount. And I think that just goes to show the stature of the club. And I will not even try and run away from the fact that I honestly said to you on Friday, I will um, agree with you. I says, us going to Valley Parade, we're going to concede four there, something like that. And I was wrong, and I'm glad I was proved wrong. Um, I know you were in the group chat going, oh, you know, I'm positively optimistic. I mean, you say that every week, but you know, I, I don't mind holding my hands up and saying, look, pulls completely and utterly proved me wrong on Saturday. And I came away with the overriding feeling, as you've touched on, of pride. Pride that I support Hartlepool United and proud of the lads as well. Because what I saw in that performance was good football. I saw passion. You know, when the lads celebrate and you come over to us, it just looked like these lads are up for the fight like we are. And that is what we need. Um, so it was all of that. And then... There was just quality, and to actually say there was quality from a Hartlepool United performance, and we've gone to one of the best teams in the league and shown that, really says a lot about how um, we've come forward under John Askey. We're obviously going to touch on a couple of things um, later on in terms of the way John Askey's got us playing football. We're going to talk about you and Murray, um, but I want to give a shout out to you and Murray. I know he did his interview. Um, after the game on Saturday and look for someone to, I listened to it and for someone to hold their hands up and acknowledge that they've been far from what they should have been in terms of quality, but also say how instead of, you know, taking that attitude of, oh, I'm going to, you know, chuck me toys out the pram type thing. He says, I took the attitude of, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work on what I'm not good at and I'm going to get back into that team. And he's done exactly that. And I've said in personal tweets, and I think I might have touched on it in a previous podcast, can't quite remember, but I am the first to give, you know, criticism to you and Murray, but I will be the first to praise him. And I may get stick for it, and I may people may say, oh, you're getting carried away, but that bloke has given absolutely everything, especially in the last three, since he's come back into the team. I will not mind admitting ahead of the Tranmere game that I was genuinely like, you and Murray, what's he doing? in that starting 11, but he's proved me wrong. And I just hope he keeps going from strength to strength because nobody wants to see a player fail at our club. Nobody wants that. And I just hope that he's gained, you know, confidence from the recent performances and 
he can see that the fans really do want to get behind him and that we're not just there to slag him off and to give him abuse or whatever because he's not being up to standard. He's admitted that and he's taken it and owned it and that is what we want from players. So, yeah, you and Mary, massive shout-out. We'll discuss that whole situation later. Um, I feel like I've covered it all anyway. But um, I think with the players that you've mentioned as well, I don't want to harp on, but Connor Jennings... His, as you say, his work rate is absolutely unbelievable. If you could give the work rate, as in the constant work rate, we do see glimpses of it with Josh Umara, and I'm not trying to slag a player off here, but if you could give the work rate of Connor Jennings and combine it with Josh Umara's goals, oh my word, like that'd be incredible. Plus, I think we saw that if you stop Andy Cook, you stop Bradford. I didn't think they were that good at the back. They took the chances. Our men came off the players and don't get me wrong, Cook's taking his goals well. And I said this to someone at half-time in front. I says, people are laughing at Cook because he's missed a couple of chances in the first half. But I says, he gets one chance, he'll put it away. Sure enough, comes out, gets a chance, bang. And he's done that twice to us. But I come away, honestly, I was so proud. I was gutted. And saying and coming away from drawing two all at Bradford, saying I was gutted, is... I think quite a, a big sign, a big telling sign that we are making progress. And we'll, I was only gutted because we'd taken the lead twice and we'd actually given it everything and played really good football. If we'd have been playing a team like Harrogate, that would have been a fantastic resounding win, I would suggest. So, yeah, look, Mo Silla as well, unbelievable player, absolutely class. Jakob made some unbelievable saves, but I could go on and on based on Saturday, about how uh, a few individuals may think it sounds like we're carried away after the performance. No, we're just giving the lads credit where they credit due. And I think it's just a feeling of relief that we are putting in performances that are worthy of something because this season has been awful. We all know that. Um, and there's no running away from it. But the lads are giving it all, uh, giving it their all and giving it everything they can. And we just have to continue doing that as supporters as well. And I think you could see the United that was there, the unitedness between, if that's even a word, between the fans and the players um, on Saturday. And unbelievable, just shout out to the fans, absolutely unbelievable backing. Over 1,000 Pulse fans there, I think it was 1,045. And the position that we're in in the league, it's just ridiculous. It's a credit, a credit to the club. So... I think that's probably the best thing that we could leave it on. And that Bradford review, just shout out to the fellow supporters that made the journey and made made the noise and, and helped the lads to get what could be, and I hope it is going to be, a crucial point come the end of the season. For once, it was a, quite a pleasurable experience being able to review a match and uh, talk about the Bradford game. So now that's done and dusted, we're going to move on to the polls that we put out before talking to Dave Frank, who will be making his debut on HFC Chat. So this does relate to Bradford. The first question, which goal was your favourite from Saturday's draw at Bradford and why? 130 votes came in, with Callum Cook taking 62% of the vote and Dan Kemp's goal taking 38%. Darrell, quick one. Which one was yours? Which one was your favourite? Do you know what? I'm going to be awkward here and I'm going to go against the consensus. I'm going to go with the Dan Kemp one. Although it was a bit of a, a tame finish in the end, I think 
first and foremost, it's gone under the radar again. The back heel by Sterry, mm. by the way. Mm. Goodness gracious me. And then the you know the little intricate footwork by Dan Kemp, and then the finish. I uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Dan Kemp. Yeah, you see, I'm torn completely. It's such a it's such a difficult thing because the goal for the first one was so well worked, and I must say, Callum Cook running across and giving it biggins in front of the fake northwest corner, um, and uh, <laughs> and pointing to his name on the back. I don't know whether you've seen that on the uh, on the uh, video celebration video, but I'm gonna go. I'll go with the. Oh, it's so difficult. I'm gonna go with Callum Cook only based on how quick we turned it from defence to attack. Nice little bit of build up. Then college ends, unbelievable. Uh, ball through and, and it just went from there. Second question, how do you feel heading into Saturday's game against Orient based on recent performances? Now, before I give you the results, I'm going to ask you, Davo, are you more confident for three points? We could get a point or no chance we're coming away with nothing. I am more confident for three points. Interesting. So you're with the 38% that went on that. 47% went for we could get a point and 15% you put no chance. Personal opinion, if you put no chance, based on recent performances, I don't know where you would get. I know they're top of the league, but we've really been holding our own recently against teams like that. So you know what? I'm going to join you with that 38%. I'm more confident based on the Bradford performance, even more so than Northampton. Um, then we will that we will be able to get three points. Fingers crossed they come up to the northeast, feeling complacent and and taking it as if it's a game against a, a team that they're just going to walk all over. And fingers crossed, having said that, that that doesn't happen. Um, we will leave the third question that we put out to um when we discuss the individual later on, and the final one. And Daryl, this is something we should probably briefly touch on because we could go on forever about it. We asked how crucial is it that Raj does a pack the park initiative for the Crawley game. That game is absolutely massive and could be season defining. Now, 90% of your vote and massively has to be done with 10% vote needs to be done. I'm certainly with the 90% of massively needs, uh, massively has to be done. Davos, surely you are. I am, uh, I am with that 90%. It massively has to be done. And to be honest... I know a lot of people have like honed in on this particular fixture. Brad had done it for multiple fixtures. I mean, like mm. this Saturday, they're all big games. Like, what is the to lose? Do you know what I mean? We need bums on seats at the end of the day. We need people in the terraces. And at the end of the day, I think we've proved numerous times this season. You know, we took a one plus a one k plus following to Doncaster. We took a one plus k to Bradford. I think, I think at times football clubs, I don't think appreciate and just understand how mm. important fans can be, like how big a part we can play. And the thing is, when you have people like asking and stuff, saying, you know, we need you there, we need you to support, exactly. some people genuinely can't afford the prices of football regularly. And I think that's an even... Look, football club owners and football clubs have to make money. We all understand that because it, it has all the implications it does. We don't need to describe that to people listening. But... You've got to get people in. We've seen, I remember we did a pack the park um, when we played Morecambe, when we did the Great Escape. Look at the effect that had. It was packed to the rafters. So, look, there's no need for us to harp on about it because at the end of the day, it's clear as day to everyone that 
a pack the park initiative is needed to get people in, to get people behind the lads. Because I know we had this conversation earlier off air and we're talking about the chain reaction that that has. So people come to the game, they've paid a tenner, let's say, for a ticket. So the support in the lads, you've got the support. Then they'll pop into the club shop, which you've got sales on at the minute. They might buy a shirt for the kids because they're half price. They might buy training gear or whatever. Then you've got people who go in, they buy the programs, they buy the pints, they buy the chips, whatever that might be. At the end of the day, you can probably make more money, arguably make more money as well if you're looking at it solely financial by reducing tickets and getting more people through than you would do if you had X amount of certain thing. But look, I'm not an accountant and I'm not going to claim to know everything in the inside out of finance, but I think many would argue that would be the case. So let's leave that one there. I think we all have a, a general consensus that a pack of the park initiative has to be done for at least one of the games before the end of the season. But we will now move on to uh, speak to Dave Frank. We're delighted to welcome him onto the podcast and here's what he had to say earlier. Well, Dave, it is your first appearance on HFC Chat, so a very warm welcome to yourself. But let's start with how impressed you have been with the improvement in performances since the arrival of John Askey. Oh, massively impressed since even the Walsall game when it wasn't really sort of, it was Sweeney's team, wasn't it? Um, the first 25 minutes looked so easy on the eye, then we just sort of reverted back the type. Games since then have been absolutely a joy to watch compared to what we've been seeing the past four, five, six months. So really impressed with the way they're playing, they're going forward and looking to penetrate teams. No, exactly. We we touched on that in the Bradford review that we did just before you came on. And, you know, it's, it's so refreshing. I think we've seen it at Tranmere as well that we were able to utilise our wing-backs and more and get forward. And I've seen you commented on uh, one of the tweets we put out as well about having free-flowing football and the free-flowing move that led to the goal on Saturday. So completely agree with that. But the second question we have for you, we're obviously coming to the end of March now, but who would you say has been your standout player in the past month? If there's a couple, that's absolutely fine. Well, it's, it's got to be Dan Kemp, really. It's... You get your best players on the ball and he's our best player on the ball. Um, so when he's he looks lively, he looks like he can produce something um, that we haven't had the luxury of in the past for the rest of the season. So Stan Kemp for a standout for me. Talk to us about more Silla. How good has he been this season and what makes him so good? Um, obviously, I think I tweeted at the end on Saturday that he's already got one hand on the play of the season trophy for me. Uh, from Saturday in games previous, you do notice when the only, we're only playing the one central defensive midfielder, he's not to worry about what his partner's doing, he knows what his job is, and it's up, and he's got all the responsibility of breaking up that player. And he's not caught out now. He knows he's got the break up that player. And he's been all the better for it for being having that role on his own. Rather than the, the team being too conservative and playing two central defensive midfielders. Yeah, I think his work rate as well is absolutely second to none. Like he just doesn't stop all game. You see him sprinting back to win balls. We've seen that on Saturday at Bradford. And 
you know, he was probably a player, and I'm I'm someone who's guilty of this. When we signed him, was a bit sceptical. We kind of thought, oh, you know, is this really a sign that's going to progress? And then you flip this to another player we're about to talk about, and probably coming as captain of Kilmarnock and getting promotion at the Scottish Premiership with them in you and Murray. There's obviously been a lot of talk about him of late, and he seems to be a much improved player. I mean, we don't want to get carried away and we'll be discussing this ourselves later in the episode, but how impressed have you been with him in the last few games? He's been night and day, really. Prior to his injury and post-injury, it's he's a different player. Obviously, when you're playing with better players around you, it makes you become a better player and it drags your standards up. There's still a ricket there with him. Don't get me wrong, sometimes he'll stand off when he's... He should be closing people down, but totally different, massively improved. And you feel a lot more comfortable as a supporter on the side watching him. And you're, you're like, oh, here we go again. You don't feel like that anymore. It's a bit more com- com- comfortable. Well, let's turn our attention to this weekend's game against Leighton Orient. We have been holding our own against some pretty decent teams recently in the likes of Northampton and Bradford, with many arguing we have dropped rather than gained points. Do you feel confident we can finally convert one of these games into three points, starting with Leighton Orient on Saturday? It's going to be really, 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 really tough. Um, They are a standout team this season, no doubt about it. They're really consistent, but Weekend gone, they let two in not, um, with two minutes to go. So against Colchester, and only got a point off them. So there's no reason why we can't get a win. But we have got to be on it from the very first minute. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've perhaps not done. Um, I, I think in many games we've been caught out by not starting the game on the front foot. We've been kind of a bit lackadaisical. We've been a bit slow. And it's so crucial, especially playing against teams like you mentioned, like Orient, mm-hmm. um, to be right at them from the off. And I, I think we have seen more positive glimpses of that recently in the last few games under Askey. But we can only talk about, and we can only focus, sorry, on what we can do as a football club. We can't affect the results of other teams. And this leads in nicely to the next question. How crucial is it on Saturday? We all know that Crawley seem to be picking up. They totally dominated the game last night against Doncaster, picking up a point and arguably should have got three. They're currently two points ahead of us heading into this weekend and face Rochdale. Would you say, and I know it's a big question, but would you say after this weekend's fixture, it's do or die for Pulled? Obviously, when we came away from Bradford Saturday, full-time, we were like, two all, happy with that. Then you've results started coming in as we were travelling back home. And it's like, oh, no, you're joking here. Then obviously we had the result last night where Crawley have got another point. But I think it just makes it easier now for what we've got to do now, the lads have got to do, it's just go out and win. Just go out and win now. It's none of this, let's settle for a draw anymore. So I think it makes it easier for the mindset. I completely agree with that. And we're going to ask you a question that we've never asked um, fans before. So you should feel very privileged that we're putting this onto you or you may feel a great amount of pressure. But we want to ask you this really important question. If you could give a message to fellow listeners 
and Pools fans, even if they're not listening, obviously you won't hear it, but it can go through word of mouth. Um, what would it be? Really, I've got to get behind the lads now from now until the end of the season. Any negativity, just leave it until after Stockport. Leave it at the door. It's got to get behind them 100%. Do you know what I mean? They're going to feed off the crowd. They do. Do you know what I mean? It, everyone does. So we've got to just get behind the lads. Well, finally, Dave, let's get your prediction for this weekend's clash. Well, if I was a betting man, I'd be over two and a half goals. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go for a, stick my neck out and go for a 2 0 win. Wow, 2 0 will certainly take that. Well, Dave, it's been absolutely fantastic to be able to talk to you and get your insight. And obviously, it was your first appearance on HFC chat. So many thanks for giving us the time. Many thanks for coming on. And uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get you on in the future. Now, as we've said earlier, we're going to discuss you and Murray. We did put a poll out and we asked that how we asked how impressed have you been with you and Murray recently? 65% of you have said massively improved, 35% saying not getting carried away. Now, I've already touched and talked a lot about it in the Bradford review and about his performances as of late. We all know that I've been extremely impressed and it's great to see him finally pushing on as a pools player. So I'm going to leave this discussion to you, Davo, before um, coming back to me about um, our new feature that we are bringing in to HFC chat. So, Davo, just take it away. Talk to me about you and Murray. Well. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And now I'm going to be completely honest here. I mean, before he got included in the matchday squad, well, in fact, he started at Tramier away not, long, not that long ago. I generally didn't have a good word to say about this bloke. Um, obviously... First half of the season um, under the Hartley regime, and rightly so, we were all critical of Ewan um, mentally, physically, just overall. Really, he just didn't seem to be adapting well. The transition from Scottish football to the football league, from Kilmarnock to Pools, seemingly wasn't really going well. Performances went at the level that we really were requiring, and rightly so, it got to a point where you and Mary started to get omitted from the team. However, this is where I have to hold my hands up. You and Mary has done nothing but graft 
And I think that in, to, to to come out and be so open, you've touched on it already, Jack, but to come out and be so open and honest and vulnerable in that post-match interview after Bradford and come out and say that he's accepted the criticisms of the fans, probably the gaffers, and to say that he's been working so hard and focusing on, on improving and getting better and trying to be the player that Pills need him to be is, is you know, it's he's got my respect for that at the end of the day. And the last three, four performances from Ewan have been nothing more than phenomenal, really. The tran- you know, the, the transition from the player that we saw at the start of the season, that, that same individual who told me and Mark Carroll where to go away at Sutton United <laughs> to where we are now, it's, it's an amazing transition. I mean, I goes out saying, I don't want to be getting carried away. My feet are firmly on the ground, but credit where credit's due. Um, I think he does deserve respect and hopefully, you know, we get to see this year and many for the remainder of the season and hopefully, fingers crossed, if if, if everything works out for us this season, hopefully Ewan can carry on and improve next season and be the leader that we know he can be. I couldn't have put it better, my good friend. Now, time to introduce a new feature. We've been looking at ways that we could kind of spice the episodes up and, and bring a new dimension to it. And it'd be no better. There's no better opportunity to launch a new feature than our first episode under the TalkSport brand. So the fixture that we have decided on, obviously it's influenced, we're going to call it the On This Day fixture. Now, this episode has been released on March the 23rd. And if we wind back the clock to Tuesday the 23rd of March 2010, Artie United, and now this may be depressing to a lot of you, and I think it is uh, to ourselves as well, but Artie United travelled to St Mary's Stadium, played in front of an 18,072 crowd. It's weird saying that because we played Bradford at the weekend and they had... I think it might have even been more than that. But anyway, Pulls lost 3-2. Andy Munkhouse put Pulls 1-0 up in the 10th minute. Lee Barnard equalised in the 13th. They went 2-1 up under Ricky Lambert um, in the 38th minute. And then Papa Wigo in the 56th minute put some distance between the two teams. But Neil Austin in the 57th minute got one back. And unfortunately, Pulls couldn't push on to get the equaliser. But... The fixture ended in a 3-2 defeat. If we just look at the Pulse team, we had Scott Flinders in net, Neil Austin, Sam Collins, Ben Clark, current Poley, Peter Hartley, Royal Donovan, Richie Humphreys, Leon McSweeney, Andy Munkhouse, Anthony Sweeney, Joe Gamble, and substitutes of Richie Jones, James Brown, and Mickey Mackay. I mean, you look at some of the names in the Southampton team as well. You've got Jose Fonte, you've got Jason Punchin, Morgan Schneiderlin, Ricky Lambert. I mean, they were managed by Alan Pardew at the time as well, with Pulls being managed by Chris Turner. So that is the game of the day, winding back the clock to 2010 when Pulls travelled to Southampton, which ended, unfortunately, in a 3-2 defeat. Well, that puts a lot of things into perspective, doesn't it, Davo? But we'll swiftly move on to um, a conversation about what we'll, what we'll coin ASCII ball. Now, just talk to me about how refreshing it's been to see the free-flowing attack in football and the utilisation of wing-backs once again. Oh, massively, 
massively refreshing, especially when you've watched some of the football, not just under Keith Kill, but under Hartley as well. I mean, it's so, so... It's light and day, isn't it? Night it is. Day, I mean, day, it's just joyous. It really is. I mean, watching us in moments, obviously, at the moment, it's, it's, it's still a work in progress. It's not pitch-perfect stuff, but in glimpses, especially, you know, especially Saturday... I will go back to Bradford because, I, like, like I said in my tweet after the game, it was, for me, the best and most complete performance of the season. But in moments when you watch, you know, how technically good we are on the ball, what we're doing with the ball, the vision of the players, the... Honestly, I just feel as if, like, it's frustrating. I mean, had we got decisions right at the start of the season, then... I know hindsight's a wonderful thing and it's all ifs, buts and maybes or what could have been. I get that, but it's frustrating because these players, a lot of these players who we've doubted for the majority of the season are now proven under a good manager, a decent manager with a good brand, a good style of football, a modern kind of concept for the game. It's amazing what these players can do. You know, and they're proving themselves, they're proving that they can play and they can not only turn up against the relegation rivals and teams who are down there, they're now proving they can turn up and compete and go head to head with the teams who are up there challenging for the automatics, the playoffs. Hopefully, late on in Saturday, we're challenging for the title as well. But John Askey, in just a short space of time, has done such a tremendous job. And, and also, just John, because obviously the new assistant manager, and obviously, I think. Credit needs to go Anthony Sweeney as well, who I'm sure was working wonders on the training ground over at Derham. But for me personally, in such a short space of time, like I've already alluded to, I think it's been nothing more than remarkable from from John Askey. I don't really want to add much more to that. And there's not many times that we produce a podcast where I don't develop a lot on something that we're discussing. But the just final kind of way I want to, um, the final point I want to get across is, and you've touched on it slightly, but it's amazing to see what the right management can get out of a certain set of players. And I think it speaks volumes that John Askey is getting what he's getting out of some certain individuals that we wouldn't expect to see these types of performances. But yeah, it it really is it really is positive stuff. Um, I just hope that it's going to be enough, and I hope that we can pick up some wins asap. But a little bit of club news for you then. Um, open training session has been announced um, at the Suit Direct Stadium on Tuesday, April the 4th. Can come and meet John Askey and all the players during half term. Um, and there'll be a chance to get your favourite Pulse merchandise signed. There'll be access to the huge retail discounts in store. And the club will be welcoming donations with all pre- proceeds going to the HUFC Academy. Tickets for the open train session must be worked in advance by emailing commercial at harleypoolunited.co.uk or calling 01429 272 584. Always fancy doing that. Um, and then, of course, you can now book these tickets online, I believe, because there was such a high demand, which is brilliant. That's the type of events that the club should be running and, and having that open, um, you know, that open, transpa- not transparency, but the connection being built and and the community factor. And I just want to give a massive shout out to 
Um, the new Twitter account as well, at HFC Retail, they're doing a fantastic job um, with communicating the latest stuff in the club shop. Obviously, there's sales at the minute, um, but also about the ticketing information. And that is really a big positive step for the club because we all know that there's um, been downfalls in that, in the lack of club information, but they've corrected it. And and again, you've you've just got to give credit where credit's due. So, that's a really positive step. So if you have Twitter, go and follow them at HUFC Retail and uh, get all your uh, retail and ticketing information in one place as it reads in the bio. That concludes the club news section of the podcast and we will move on now to the preview for this weekend's game and then we will get the predictions as is standard before tying up what has been a bumper episode of HUFC Chat. Moving on now to the preview for this weekend's game against Leighton Orient. And it is a big weekend. It sees the league leaders, Leighton Orient, come to town for what is a huge weekend ahead for John Askey's boys. The O's, who are currently six points ahead of second place Stevenage, arrive at the North East unbeaten in their last eight games. However, the last three of those games have all been draws. The most recent being last Saturday, the 18th of March, at home to Strugglers Colchester, where it finished one all. The last meeting we had with Leighton Orient came on the 27th of August 2022, which saw Pools beaten by four goals to two. And finally, the visitors' top goal scorer this term is Paul Smith, who is currently on nine goals and one assist. And just quickly to say as well, if you can't make this weekend's game, then as always, your iFollow options are available on the official club website. But as ever, Jack, your prediction for Saturday, please. Yeah, well, if we quickly rewind back to August, I believe the goals came from Wes McDonald and Josh Rummer penalty. Correct. So... Obviously, we don't see much of Wes anymore, but we alluded to it earlier on in the podcast when we were talking about the polls that we put out. And we said we were in the camp that we could, I can't remember exactly how it's phrased, but it was about three points and and we could get three points. Now, I'm going to stick with that. I was heading into Bradford, despite a really positive performance against Tranmere, I was slightly disappointed with the performance against Northampton personally. So I was heading to Bradford a bit. Mm, I think we could get battered here, as we've already discussed, and I have since held my hands up. Um, so you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. It doesn't normally pay off when I'm positive, but I'm gonna be positive, and I think we will go with a pool's win. We're gonna catch them out this weekend. Um, yeah, I think I think we actually are. So. Let's go with Hartlepool United 2, Leighton Orient 1. I'm not going to give a goal scorer, but I have a funny feeling feeling about Jennings because his work rate is just unbelievable. He deserves a goal and I just just have this feeling Jennings is going to score at the weekend. So fingers crossed that it comes back to this when um, we are discussing the next... Um, the next episode and and discussing things on Twitter in due course. So without further ado, Davo, please give me your prediction for this weekend's game and then we will tie everything up. 
Well, I must say it is a nice change to see you so positive. <clears throat> I mean, hopefully you are right. But, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, in comparison to two months ago, when I looked ahead to our kind of running towards the end of the season, I had absolutely no ounce of confidence, no ounce of belief that we would have a good end to the season when you look at just, I mean, quite frankly, the horrid running that we've got. But, I mean, times have changed. We have now got John Askey at the helm. And on recent performances, I think that we have every reason to believe we showed every ounce of fight at Bradford. A tough Bradford, late in Orient, another tough side. I do believe we will come into this weekend with every ounce of belief and confidence. We have every right to be confident after last weekend. And in reference to our HFC chat poll, I am more confident three points this weekend. I am going to go with my good friend, my good co-host, Jack. I'm going to say 2-1. Um, I was thinking that just before you said it. Well, Only great up. minds think alike, my good friend. Well, that's what they say. That's what they say. So I'm going 2-1. I think goals will come from the magic man himself, Dan Kemp. Ooh. I also think that the... Uh, the magician, the number 10, Callum Cook, might pop up, but I mean, I would love Conor Jennings to get one, like like you've already alluded to. He deserves one. I yeah. mean, his performances, his graft, it just deserves contribution. So, fingers crossed, you know, I'm not disillusioning myself. I know how tough this is going to be. It's a tall order this weekend, but at the end of the day, John, the boys, us as fans, we all know what we need to do this weekend. So, fingers crossed. They come up to the northeast this weekend. Hopefully, they're complacent. Hopefully, they overestimate us. And then they go back down south, and yeah. we don't have to bother with them. That'd be uh, that'd be the ideal situation. Exactly. So two one is my prediction. Well, we've got two two one predictions. We've got a brand new, fresh start for HFC chat under the Talksport brand and being part of the fan network. And it leaves away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants. Eighteen plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. With our famous ending, keep the faith, back the boys and as ever, never say die. We will see you in the next episode. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.